Well, as Victorians, the common men have all returned to their own private bubble for six weeks. But unlike our sporting superstars, there are no complaints on the quality of mattresses. There's no request to remove any walls. And we're certainly not complaining about the lack of babysitters available. No, we are here because we just want to talk sport. As usual, joining me to do this, we have 40. Welcome. Good to be horse. It's uh, great to be back. I feel like it's been forever since our last pod. So much has it, happened, as always. So much. I, I mean, we'd love to do an episode every week, but uh, as common men, we have full-time jobs, don't we, horse? Uh, we do. We have, we have other responsibilities. just finished his teaching degree, so get this man a job. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a great uh, time of the year and an environment at the moment to be trying to get a teaching job, isn't it, yeah. Friendy? And welcome, Friendy. Hey, g'day, boys. How are we? Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good. This is it's not an ideal time in Victoria to be applying for teaching jobs because uh, not a lot of students around in schools at the moment. Horse. This is true. Yes. No. There, there's not a lot of students at all. Not a lot of teachers either, of course. So it really makes it difficult. I do have to say, and this was what I was going to intro, intro with you until we uh, got a bit real with your current employment prospects. Oh, got a bit serious there. Thanks yeah, we did. I was going to say, you are a West Coast Eagle who's gone from despair to delight. Oh, how you have really turned around from oh, like six weeks look, ago. <laughs> look, We've seen uh, all, all <laughs> moods of Nathan Friend. It's, it's amazing what happens when you have... Uh, Look, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say maybe the most influential ruckman of all time in Nick Nat, up and about, it makes things very fun to watch. Influential ruckman, for sure. I thought you were going to say uh, the most influence over an umpire that we've ever seen (laughs) in a home crowd and a home ground advantage. Jack Darling's 100 metres off the ball, but he's close to the man holding the ball. Give him a free (laughs) kick. To be continued. Let's have this conversation a little later. Indeed. So we've all quarantined for the last 14 days and we're now ready to jump into another episode. So let's get cracking. This month in sport. And we're back for another session of this week slash month in sport. Now, we're going to start with some AFL. I love talking AFL. Within weeks... We have jumped from the start of the season to it already being over halfway. We, we are absolutely flying through it. So it's around this time of the year that we generally start talking about AA. No, not alcoholics are not. They will probably have an increase in intakes after this year. I'm talking <laughs> AA, all Australian team. I thought we wouldn't bore everyone by going through our 22 players from start to finish from backline to forwards and interchange. Instead, uh, what I thought we would do is just rotate through the three main positions. We're talking forward, defense, and mids. And uh, I'm going to give everyone the chance to put out who they think is a lock and then who they would put as a bit of a smoky in that position as well. So looking at my Zoom call at the moment, I'm going to go with the top corner. I'm going to start with Friendy. And Friendy, who... Ooh. Who have you got as your Friendly. forward lock and smoky? Well, uh, and Friendy, that can't be all West Coast Eagles. Play. No, no, look, <laughs> look I, I, I do tend to. I'm going to start with my. I think I'll start with my smoky, and you guys might be a little bit surprised by this one. Um, but this, this might, 
he might have done enough this season, and maybe Sydney have done enough this season to retain this man. He's been fantastic oh. without Buddy Franklin. I, I know Tom where we're Papley going. Is my smoky the smear uh, with uh, Tom Papley for from. He's having a ripper season. I think he's still top three or four in the in the Coleman. Um, and yeah, he's my smoky for the forward position, and my lock for the forward position. I, oh, look, I'm excited to say this. He's got to be a lock. <laughs> Joshy Kennedy from West Coast. Get him back in the oh, Australian team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because two games makes a season. That's what they say. Oh, oh, shots well, fired. Okay. All right. Don't Hello. See on top, don't see Tommy Hawkers on top of the Coleman medal, do I? Oh, uh, well, actually, you is. do. It actually is. He is. <laughs> is he's, he now? he's joint. Is he, yeah. this? Is he joint with, with Josh Kendi? Oh, yeah. Josh, Josh has played two less games. Okay. okay. Be, be oh, one, one less game because he's, uh, he's got 2.4 goals per game and Tommy's got 2.2. Of course, I will fly out there with the fact that Tom Hawkins also leads goal assists in the league. So oh, where's, jo- where's, where's Josh Kennedy in, in regards to that? Has, does he assist so, Matt, anyone? Great question, Matt. Uh, Josh is actually currently ranked 274th. He's had one goal assist this year. Good on him. Horse. <laughs> so yes. will Hawks be your lock for uh, forward then, I would suggest? 100% he is my lock. He's, lead, he's <laughs> leading assists and goals. I and think you he- know what, Horse? I couldn't agree with you more. I think he's had an out. <laughs> Outstanding season. Outstanding. Probably one of his best years of his career, I would suggest. He is a, like a fine wine, just getting better with age, isn't he? I believe Absolutely. I believe Paddy Dangerfield actually referenced that in Roaming Paddy after uh, <laughs> Monday night's St Kilda game. Jeepers. Mate, Tommy Hawkins' career was saved because Pods Adley got injured in the grand final. And then oh, Hawkins my goodness. came alive. Oh, that was, yeah, that was his... Uh, his career come, was come saved as a 22-year-old. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I okay. reckon our boys, Charlie Dixon, he's had a pretty good year. He, he would be a lock, wouldn't he? Charlie Dixon from Port Adelaide. And Charlie Cameron, the Charlies. I think they've, uh, they certainly have uh, pushed their case to be certainly locks, I would suggest. Well, who's, oh, look, who's your Smokies, boys? Um, look, I don't know if he's a smoky or not. He's a smoky because no one would have picked him at the start of the season, that's for sure. But he's the other small forward that I think is tearing it up with uh, Papley, and that is Dan Butler. Um, Ooh, he, he's uh, kicking goals. He's impacting games at important yep. moments of games and has got uh, St Kilda over the line a few times, I think. So I think he certainly has to be up there in calculations. As my smoky. Nah, good call. Thank you. Maybe we move on to the next position. Forty, I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one. We've got the midfield. Jeez, there's a lot of locks. Um, and uh, I'm just gonna come out and say I think uh, I look I'm gonna support you, Friendy, with Gaff. I think he's certainly a lock. Travis Bogue, he's had an outstanding year. Just and one lock. It's, yeah, well, I'm going with a few <laughs> locks. Sorry, Horst. And Danger, he's, he's, again, by his standards, we have high standards for Danger. But, again, he's been very, very good this year. So, um, that would be my locks, um, of course. Now, the whole team, mate. Yeah. Now, I... Yeah, well... And, and you, haven't included so the, you haven't included the Brownlow favourite yet, either. Exactly. I'm leaving that for you guys. I'm <laughs> leaving that. some. So, um, maybe Danger is my smoky. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> Christian Petrarca... He would be well, a bit of a smoky. Oh, well, he's team. my smoky. He's my smoky. Well, he's mine. Sorry, guys. Well, 
Because well, if you name twenty that. players, then <laughs> look, look, look forty-five. Statistically, <laughs> the best kicking midfielder in the AFL and ranks number one in the league for score involvement. So, not everybody would understand that. With thirty-five <laughs> names from Ford, we finally got a segue into my uh, lock for this year's midfield, and that is Christian Petrarca from the Melbourne Demons. He's Excellent. having a ripping a ripping season, and he is an absolute lock. Um, and I actually have to disagree with you about Gaffy um, Ford. I actually think me too. I don't even know. I don't even know if he's top. Is five he playing at West Coast at the moment? Well, he's the he's the forgotten child, mate. He's a, he's he's my Smokey on the wing, Gaff. You always You've changed you're from here. your first lock to he's a Smokey. Well, look, <laughs> you guys are you know you, you stole my Petrarca. You stole my Petrarca, friendy. So I'm I'm taking Gaff. <laughs> From a lock oh, when, to a smoky. When you go through ninety-eight percent of the midfield names, it's hard to, mate, to not get. <laughs> mate, there's four hundred and twenty players in the AFL. I'm sure yet, you can pick a few others. <laughs> yet you, uh, well, we still haven't said Lockie Neal. Okay, so obviously he is the <laughs> cool, number one go. lock. There oh, there we okay. go. I left yeah. that for you, horse. Oh, thank you, thank you for giving me the Brownlow favourite and the one who's like twenty points ahead on the AFL uh, coaches award at, at the moment as well. Um, Paddy Cripps is pretty good too. He'd be a lock, surely. No, Cripps isn't a lock. I would throw a few other names out there. If we if we want to go Smokies, let's. I'll be a homer. I'll throw out uh, Sam Minigola and Cam Guthrie. Oh, as the, they've actually been the two best midfielders for Geelong this year. Because Patrick Dangerfield has played like there were four or five games in a row where he was having less than twenty percent in the midfield, and he was just playing as a forward. Look, if we want to throw out another name there. He started a little slow, but he's just racking up possessions at will. And that is Jack McRae from the Western Bulldogs. He's been the rock, even when they've, uh, they have faltered over the last few weeks. He's been pretty good. Because, you know, if we're talking Petrarca as a lock, it's not like they've had an incredible season either. He's just been the shining light there too. Uh, let's move on to defenders. And I'm the one who uh, is left with the defenders to talk about. So... My lock for defence, Harris Andrews for the Brisbane Lions. I think along with Litzavs, two best key defenders in the league, except he only solely plays as a key defender. He's always there at fullback. Um, his coach doesn't throw his magnet around at will on the uh, the old clipboard. Like the old uh, magnet, Blitz. Hey. Yeah, the old hey, magnet, uh, magnet board. A little bit of smoky for, for the back line. Um, can, can I get my smoky in first? Oh, I thought you already did yours, but yep, sure, no worries. <laughs> I was going to say my smokey was Jordan Ridley of the Essendon oh. Football Club. Silky the player. Riddler. The Riddler. He is a silky player. Great, uh, great ball user. Lovely kick. Probably it'll be a few years away be, but before he makes it, but he would be my uh, young defensive gun this year. I'll throw to you, 40, now so you can get your smokey out. My smokey, boys. <laughs> Sam Collins from the Gold Coast Suns. Yes. Key defender. Might raise some eyebrows, but champion data has him rated above Harris Andrews, Horse, and I think he would be a bit of a smoky as a key lock defender. I did hear his name mentioned just the other day on a podcast yeah. as a, as a smoky and certainly has to be in calculations at the moment. So I agree with that. Friendy, you're being pretty quiet over there is that because you don't like defenders you're all, only about the offense <laughs> well, only about I, kicking goals and moving the ball forward i um i have to agree with licks i saw well i saw geelong's defense you could pretty much put 
all six of Geelong's defence in all Australia. They're an absolute force to be reckoned with at the moment. Um, and if it wasn't for the fact that we win every ruck tap, um, we probably wouldn't have got over the line to you guys. So I think Blixarves is in. I also think Darcy Moore from Collingwood is in. Um, every time I watch Collingwood play, he is just racking up the possessions, getting the intercept marks. Um, I think he will be in, in all Australian contention for this year. Yep. My Smokey, um, look, it's hard. When you watch your team all the time, you just you just have a bit of a soft spot for your own players. Oh, but Brad Shepherd. Brad, Bradley uh, Shepherd. I got in there. Smoky. I knew where you were going. You, you got in there. I just think he's, he's actually my favourite West Coast Eagle player at the moment. I just love the way oh. he goes about it. I think um, you'd be Whoa, silly. Whoa, that's a big call from you. It's a big call, but I think it's, it's the right call, call for it. Big um, call, Brad right Shepherd, call. He, he's uh, cousins with a um, couple of Aussie cricket players. But uh, I think he's just a ripper. He's just solid. Week in, week out, he just gets the job done. And I think he deserves a spot. And it's good to see he's a bit more consistent than his cousins uh, at his chosen sport. <laughs> yeah, he's not in for one, out for three. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah, that's it. So, what, about, what about the ruck, um, Horse? Oh, well, the ruck is like... There is a number of people putting their hand up. It was uh, certainly Maxi Gorn dominated. Maxie has to be a lock. But he's got, he's got a sore shoulder. And a sore knee. He's had a few quiet games and he's missed a game. Now he's missed two. Guys, you don't know, make me say it. We know who the lock is for this year. Oh, well, can you be a lock if you only play 40% of a game? Of course I you can. I think right at this point in the season, I would not say Nick Nat is a lock. Max Gorn has to be. You take Nick Nat out of our team and we we lose three of those. Out of the six games we've just played, if he's not in the team, we lose three of them. He is so influential. We we 100% agree with you, but if he stays on the field for the rest of the season and continues to play like he is, 100% he's a lock. But who knows? He might break down the next week and then he's gone for the rest of the season. So you couldn't have put him in all Australian for four or five rounds. He's playing 60% of the game. He's like, I would he's, say, he's I would say, like, I would say, we it's agree the, with you, <laughs> he's he's an <laughs> incredible player, and uh, his tap work is like you mentioned before. We've never seen stuff like that, and I heard a commentator say a similar thing. I feel like he's certainly the the it ruckman of the last couple of weeks, but if we were to be recording this prior to the West Coast Geelong game, I don't think we would have been talking about him in these glowing terms as we have been after he's dominated against Geelong without a Ruckman and Carlton with Mark Pittnett, who was injured for half a game and he's their third in line Ruckman as well. I, I, th- I think he torched up Brody Grundy, who would be one of the better Ruckman going around though the week before in the 70 point shellacking. Brody Grundy, 10 possessions, 24 hit outs, 61 ranking points. Nick Nat Newey. 24 hit-outs, 8 possessions, 52 ranking points. So, well, we don't even remember that game because it was Collingwood and West Coast. So, uh, so but <laughs> oh, I, I, look, oh, I think, geez. to be fair, as much no, as... No, but do you, as, like... As much as, as, much as I'd have, I would have, I would pick Nick Nat as a bit of bias. I actually think um, Goldstein from North Carolina is probably the one at the moment who's been... He'd be my smoky... Let's 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 go to the, the water boys. Like, who do we think is the best water boy of each team? Does... Horse, I reckon Karen from Brighton. She she would be a pretty good water girl. Like, she'd get a bit of walking out there. Excuse I mean... me. Do you believe? Do you think that Karen would hand those sweaty beasts a bottle of water and just wait there while they drank it? Are you serious? 
Karen would not be doing that. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, she's stuck in They'd be delivering, anyway. they'd be be delivering the water to her. How do we manage to fit Karen into that segment? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Forty's <laughs> been hanging out for the return of Karen. Uh, Karen, Karen can come in any segment. You just never know where she might pop up. Generally in Brighton, but that's probably... <laughs> well, now she's got all. no choice. Let's move on from there. Let's there. move on. Let's move on. Moving on. Let's go to cricket now. Now, Forty, there's, uh, there's been some new dates set for the World Cup in the next couple of years. Can you fill us in what's going on there? Yes, well, uh, there's been an announcement that uh, the T20 World Cup that was meant to be hosted in Australia this year is going to be hosted in 2022. Uh, the T20 Cup in India will remain at this stage in 21. I hope, obviously, they're hoping for crowds because uh, that's what we want to see. We want to see the atmosphere. It would be a very dull World Cup without crowds at a cricket game, wouldn't it? It would be very different. You can't have the virtual uh, no. fans around the ground at cricket. It'd be like the Sheffield Shield. <laughs> exactly. Just... A couple of people clapping and maybe a yep. few seagulls. Wow! <laughs> so, exactly. Um, it would be very uh, lacklustre, but uh, hopefully hopefully things turn around and we can uh, see some big crowds coming to the World Cup because uh, it's going to be an exciting exciting tournament conservative decision but the right decision yes. yeah look I think the the issue is you postpone it for six months and then you're postponing it again for six months it's just like they've, uh, they've got to the point where they're like okay well let's be realistic let's just give it two years and then reassess mm-hmm. and exactly. actually give it the best chance for us to not have to change the dates three times before we get there and, and let's just go a bit longer term let's hit up the NBA now, we are in the bubble. This is where it's at. We are well and truly in the swing of things. And it's moving at such a rapid rate that it's very hard for us as common men to talk about any results for you guys because it, by the time we actually get around to releasing this podcast, 20 games will have been played and it's just changing on a daily basis. So I thought instead of talking about the nitty-gritty, we would start by having a chat about the actual broadcast Friendy, what has been your favourite thing about the broadcast in the bubble so far? B-R-O-A-D-C-A-S-T B-R-O-A-D-C-A-S-T Positives. Look, I'm actually super impressed with how the NBA have set this up. Um, like yeah. We've got the, the large screens around the court with fans yeah. can tune. I still don't know how that works, so I'd love to join in one of the games um, yeah. to see what it looks like from their perspective. Um, but I think the way that they've set it up, I actually thought we were going to be able to hear more of the players. But mm. you, you, mm. when, you, when you're watching the game and you get right into it, you actually kind of feel like there's just a crowd there. Like it's just as normal. So credit to the NBA um, and what they're doing because um, I think it's been a great result and it's been great to have so much basketball back on. Um, and I just think it would be what an experience to be in the bubble. Absolutely. And how good is it just to have basketball back like it doesn't even feel like they've had three or four months off like i would have thought that the skill turnovers that wouldn't have been as efficient scoring but they've just picked up where they've left off it's been absolutely outstanding in terms of the high scoring games and the level of skill being displayed it's been very impressive and some of the individual efforts my goodness unbelievable yeah they are going out and they're turning it on 
for yeah. uh, the audience at home for sure. It's great. I, yeah, I've enjoyed seeing uh, Shaq and others in the crowd. Uh, little Wayne. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even Mark Jackson, I saw in one game. Like his other, you know, Jeff Van Gundy and um, and uh, Mike Breen were commentating, and he's out in the virtual crowd. I'm like, That's <laughs> And he was in his suit as well. It was great. <laughs> can, can I just say, I love the TNT show with um, Ernie, Chuck, Shaq and, and Kenny. And they already had like America's biggest table. But if you watch it, oh, now, yes. and it was already, it was already one and a half meters distance, but now it's like, it's just yeah. stupid. <laughs> but, but friendly America, everything's supersized. So they've yes. just gone. Oh, they've just gone. Supersized. <laughs> So we've talked about the broadcast. Why don't we get into some predictions again? The NBA award finalists have been announced. So let's predict our winners. I'm going to throw to you, Friendy, Rookie of the Year. The finalists have been announced. Who have we got and who's going to win it? Yep. So the finalists are Zion, Ja Morant and Kendrick Nunn. There's no point going any further. Ja Morant is mm. a lock. 100%. Rookie of the Year. There is no question. Clear. About it. Yep. It's Clear lock. award now. Yeah. Yep. Lock it in, Eddie. Announce it. Absolutely. He's been outstanding. Fantastic year he's had. And no offense to Kendrick Nunn, but I think they just were struggling to get a third name and they just pulled <laughs> him out of a hat. They were just like, let's just put 10 other rookies in this hat and we'll, whoever comes up, yep. Okay, Kendrick, you're in. And, and the what? fact that Zion is second in the running and he's played six games says yep. how good the class is. So, you know. Okay, well, I'll move on to you next, 40. I've given you another easy... Well, I think it's easy. You might beg to differ. The, uh, the MVP conversation, who are the finalists and who's going to win this one? Yeah, well, our finalists are Giannis, Harden and LeBron. Now, guys, this is so boring. Absolutely boring. Have they been the <laughs> finalists, the last three finalists for the last three or four years? And uh, anyway, I, I think uh, from what it... Feels like Giannis is a, is in the clear um, running to to take that out, but I'd actually like to see James Harden um, win it this year. Now I'm this comes from someone who I don't generally love watching James Harden play, but I think he was robbed last year. Giannis shouldn't have won it. James Harden had a fan, fantastic year, and he should have been um, the the MVP. He's such a, a pure scorer. Uh, and and a very underrated defensive player as well. So I uh, that would be my prediction. Others may disagree, but I thought it'd go something a little bit different because everyone just goes Giannis is going to win it. Well, forty, I, I I think Giannis will win. But and I hear what you're saying about Harden. I think what he does offensively is he's a freak of nature. But the MVP can't just be an offensive award. It's got to be. But both. I did. Got to be both ways. But he's so. he's. He's getting on, a couple on, of steals a game. Let me let no, me no. finish. Let me finish. I'm just Giannis, putting my case. Giannis is. All, I'm putting yep. my case for you. Had your chance, buddy. All right. Well, you didn't listen to me. <laughs> so Giannis, Giannis, Giannis is also in the running, and we'll get to this. Well, this is my next one. Yeah. Well, for defensive player of the year. So, like the fact that he's in the running for defensive player of the year and MVP, and the voting finished in March, I think. You can't think of anyone else. It's got to be Giannis. I do have to say, though, James Harden is also in the running for defensive beard of the year. Um, <laughs> I think um, I think you'd be very surprised, though, how much of a good... And again, I'm saying this to a, as a person that I don't particularly love watching James Harden, um, but uh, he would get a couple of steals a game, and that's an elite 
but, elite level. But the question, the question is, forty. Does it count as a steal if you're taking it off your own teammate? <laughs> well, if that was the case, you'd be getting four or five steals a game, horse. That's right. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, they they are he's actually legitimately taking it from the opposition. Oh, that's good. And I and I'd like to throw a little bit of a um, a bit of a left field here, horse. And I know it's Kendrick Nunn, but M- <laughs> MVP of the seeding games. You'd oh, have the to bubble boy. Finalist, you'd have to throw Dame Time, Damien Lillard, Devin Booker. And, and TJ Warren. TJ Warren have to be the top three. Yeah. And well, I, I think mean, for me, for, for me, I would be saying it has to be out of Booker and, and Lillard, the way they've been carrying their teams on their back. Luka um, Doncic doesn't crack a mention? No, he no, doesn't. Not they the haven't won games, enough sorry, games. Mate. So we move next to the Defensive Player of the Year. And there have been three nominations, obviously, for that as well. Giannis again, AD, and Rudy Gobert. Now, I would love to see Giannis join the illustrious club of uh, MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year. And, you know, certainly stats would prove that he has been the best defensive player on uh, the best team with the best record this year. But I think it's going to go to AD. Um, I feel like uh, he's had a number of years where he just hasn't received one of these big awards yet. And they'll probably lean on that in voting and maybe want to have a different winner. And, you know, yeah. uh, so for that purpose, I'm going to say AD will take out the defensive player of the year. Guys, do you agree, disagree? Bit of a fact check, and I'm sure you'll find this out. But has there been any other players that have won MVP and defensive player of the year? Uh, well, I know Michael Jordan has, and Hakeem Olajuwon has as well. Yep, yep. Um, and I'm I think sure there's, there's a couple. Yeah, probably there. Bill Russell. I would suggest would be up there. Fact check: It's just MJ and Hakeem. The Defensive Player of the Year award was first introduced in 1982-83. Yep, Look, but I, I will I, um, I will throw in another fact check there when it comes to <laughs> I'm that. Sure, you, I'm sure you will love, love a good fact check. Um, I would like to see. Kendrick Giannis Nunn. Win it, Giannis oh. win it too. Um, but let's not rule out let's not rule out Donovan Mitchell's mate, Rudy Gobert. Um, and <laughs> he he won it last year, so he'd be going for back to back. But I agree. I think AD is probably slightly the front runner at the moment. I mean, I um, suppose you are right in bringing up Rudy Gobert because if anyone has had a massive defensive play this year, it would be Rudy. He actually managed to stop the whole competition. Um, literally, so four months yeah, later. <laughs> that is that is a very good point. That is a good call by you, horse. He has had the best defensive stop of the season. You'd have to rate that. He but also I would is like getting to, the most uh, hated player award a year. Yeah, well, absolutely. So. We're on to the sixth man now. Oh, so, six, oh that's more. Brandy, this is you. Sixth man, back at back oh, with look, you. What have we got? Look uh, again, another close one. Like um, the defensive player of the year, we have. Uh, Lou Williams, Dennis Schroeder, and I've only got Harold on my list here. Montreal. Um, is that the Montreal from Clippers? Yep. Yep. Um, Obviously, not, not your pick. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. yeah. no, and look, look, this is this is this is actually it is known as the Lou Williams six men. Oh yeah, um, for sure. But I don't think he's going to win it this year. I no. Think, um, what OKC have done this year is quite remarkable, and I think it shows a lot of people don't like CP three, but. 
I think he's proved his leadership worth this year um, mm-hmm. and what he's been able to do there. And Dennis Schroeder, I think, is a lock for the sixth man. Yep. Wow. I'm there with you. I, I think the the two Clippers nominations have actually, this time around, worked yep. against each other. Yep. Um, you reckon? Because I don't think one of the two has been an absolute standout this year. I wouldn't say that Lou's had a better season than Harrell necessarily. And certainly to the point of winning the sixth man, whereas Dennis certainly has um, from an impact, from a points per game perspective, clearly been up there as, as the best six man coming off the bench and doing some really important Mm. things for his team. Lou didn't do himself any favors with his uh, going off to the, uh, Strip joint for some fried food. I just had some, oh. just had some chicken wings, uh, horse. Best, best wings in town, horse. Come on, they, mate. Well. Give, the, give the guy a break. Yeah, uh, if that's the worst you've, you've got on him, aka Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, I, I reckon Lou Williams has had a good year. I think he's certainly, I, I would still, for me, would go with him. Um, I think because we have such high expectations on him, we we expect him to keep getting you know, better and better, but uh, he just continues to fit that role. And he's been uh, actually a great, um, uh, it's actually given the ability for the Clippers to rest uh, Kawhi and Paul George a little bit and lean more on Lou Williams. But again, don't want to harp on this, but I think um, if Kemba Walker was probably a little bit more healthy uh, on the list for Boston, why couldn't Marcus Smart, has generally been the sixth man off the bench, could be, again, in the talk of sixth man of the year. If he can't be a defensive to, player, surely sixth man. the most improved horse. Well, we've, we've got coach of the year next. Is Marcus, can, does he qualify for that one? <laughs> player coach. Anyway. <laughs> so moving on. Oh, we... Actually, we've got most improved, don't we, next? So, yeah, clearly Marcus Smart's in the running for that one. He wasn't an official finalist, though, 40. Who were the finalists and who's going to win? Well, I'm going to say this year, um, finalists are Bam, uh, Ingram and Luca. Now, I uh, am not going to put Marcus Smart in this particular <laughs> conversation. Um, but uh, for me, I've just been, I've been loving watching I mean, Luka Doncic is an incredible player and he's going to be, he's going to win an MVP. There's no doubt about it. He's, uh, he's almost, I would suggest, uh, the new Larry Bird, uh, Luka Doncic. Um, but for me, I, my pick would be Brandon Ingram. I've uh, had him. I traded for him in my fantasy basketball league and uh, what a trade that was. Um, Brandon Ingram has been in fantasy was being ra- top 15 uh, player compared to generally being a top 80 or hundred. And, you know, that's talking fantasy, but obviously Zion Williams been out for a lot of the year. Brandon Ingram has carried the, uh, the load uh, for the Pelicans. So he'd be my pick. Yeah. I, um, I, I think this is potentially the closest one out of all the awards. Um, Luca is such a star. But then he, he has somehow taken his game to another level. Mm. I think because of his popularity, I think the NBA may give it to him. Um, but I, too, probably am nudging Ingram. But Bam from the Heat, I mean, he, I didn't even oh. know him 12 months ago. And he's just come he's, out of the blocks. and He's been, been great, hasn't he? So yep. in terms of the biggest amount of growth, I would say Bam's probably had the biggest amount of growth. But Ingram has become a star. Um, and and Luca was a star, and now is a superstar. So yeah, that's exactly they're very different. 
each yeah. player is kind of elevated from a different sort of um, platform level, to begin with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I just really love the story, particularly with Ingram. You know, being at Lakers and he's sort of I think being in a maybe more of a small market has suited his personality. And I think it's a, yeah. it really demonstrates, you know, looking at different players and their personalities and temperaments, how they can actually excel in different environments. And I think uh, the environment, obviously, in New Orleans has been perfect for Brandon Ingram. Yep. I, I'm going to say uh, Luca, I think, is the one for me out of the three. Just the fact that he was in the MVP conversation for a large part of the Great. year as well. And it genuinely was like his numbers across the board. Um, He's not one dimensional. He he does it all. I know that there will be a lot of uh, awards for him down the track as well, but I could see him taking this one, but I I, I feel like um, Bam Adebayo is very similar to um, Pascal Siakam from last year and that Mm. jump that he took. And then yep. he has taken that leap again next year. So it's really exciting to mm. think what BAM yeah, could be like in uh, 12 months time as well. That leaves us with the coach of the year. Uh, so the finalists for the coach of the year this year are Nick Nurse, Mike Buden- Budenholzer from the Bucks and Billy Donovan. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to have to pronounce Mike's last name. <laughs> but for me, uh, I think it's a straightforward one. Uh, you've got to give it to Nick Nurse. He has... Yes, he won the championship last year, but he wasn't coach of the year. Mike was. And mm. he has he's taken a, uh, a squad that has lost Kawhi Leonard, their best player, and yep. you know the, the one who actually catapulted them to that championship last year. They've lost him. They've had so many injuries throughout the year. Like, yep. there hasn't been a player on that roster who hasn't missed time with yeah. injury, yet they've still got the third best uh, record in the league, second third in the, the East, yeah. third, third in the league, second in the East. So yeah, the, yeah they're actually uh, just behind the the Lakers and the Bucks now, and they are taking that form into the playoffs as well. Mm. So they've it's, been. It's Nick for me. That's a good call, horse. I was thinking because he has certainly had to. They've had so much bad luck, uh, the Raptors, with all sorts of injuries and. They've got such a strong list and he's just been able to, without Kawhi was such a big, yeah. they've gone from not sort of a, a, you know, a playoff team, not really a championship team. They have Kawhi, they win the championship, lose him and they're still sitting second. It's, it's great. But for me, my pick would still, even though Nick Nurse, I would rate him up there. I think Billy Donovan for me, um, again, a friend, he mentioned it about uh, OKC, just the changes they've had in that team and even having CP3 and, you know, were they going to keep him? Was he going to move on? And he stayed and all these young players and, and they've had trades throughout the season. And they look like, I was a bit, oh, they're just going to be a, they're just going to be a makeup team in the playoffs, but they're a contender. They're yeah. going to, on their day, they um, are very, very good. Yeah. It is that yeah. case of, of making the most out of, of a squad that we didn't think at the start of the season was going to be contending. Friendy, no. what do you reckon? Yeah. And I, I loved hearing both your, your reasons for why you picked your coaches. I'm actually going to split it all in three ways. And I'm <laughs> going to go with Mike from um, the Bucks. Just, I think generally the, I didn't even attempt the last name there, but um, just, the, <laughs> just, the, just the fact that it's, is it, were they close to, is it their franchise record in wins? Oh, I think 
Um, yeah. And, you know, it was, I, I, just, I think it was last year and they've taken it to the next level. Yeah. So of course, I just think they're going to not um, play as many games. Yeah. Well, that's true. But I just think, yeah, what he's been able to do since he's been at the Bucks for two seasons now. Um, if I was to have it my way, I think I, because I like him better, I think I'd go with Nick Nurse because I thought not only is what he's doing with the Raptors, but what he's done with the Canadian national team has been impressive. Uh, but Mike. Mike from the Bucks, I think they're going to give it to him. He's going to get the nod. Giving it to Mike from the Bucks. Yeah, I was thinking OKC too. They've been such a good team this year. And how many assets that they have. Are they the new Boston Celtics when it comes they to... They are, the when it comes to first-round picks. Assets. They are going to be... Um, yeah. They're going to be a threat in the coming years. Yeah, and, and Shay Gilgis-Alexander is going to be an absolute gun as well. He already is. He's, he's actually yep. going to take it to that next level and be in that elite uh, NBA, you know, Def- top yeah, five. Definitely. I could see him getting to certainly top improving. 10. Yeah. Well, there we go. We've talked a lot of NBA awards. We'll find out next time whether or not we were on the money. So we might keep a little bit of a count on uh, how we all individually went and see who comes out on top. We are going to move into a new little segment that uh, I'm very excited to have Forty leading. It it happened last time, just organically, we naturally went into this. So we're going to hit the socials again and our new segment called From the Socials, where Forty takes us through the feedback we have been receiving and maybe poses a few questions out there. What have you got for us today from the socials, Forty? Instagram, Facebook, emails as well from the socials. Well, Horse, we've got a couple of messages uh, being sent through on our uh, Instagram, a couple of DMs. And oh, good. Um, so I'm just going to, uh, I'll just pick out a couple that uh, sort of stood out and we appreciate uh, everyone that has um, uh, sent us a message. Keep, must, keep them must coming. Have taken, must have taken you a few days to get through them all. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for well, taking look, the time to sort through all of these. I've got a great personal assistant that um, helps me with that, um, Friendy. So um, we're very efficient here at the Common Man. So um, <laughs> we, uh, we've got uh, a Lockie Wright. Uh, I believe uh, you know him legend. well, Friendy. Um, legend. GFL and, legend, uh, GDFL legend, triathlon legend. And I, I, he may not know this, but uh, has used to play for the Dolphins and I played against him in a reserve for Christian College. We generally had the upper hand uh, at those times. He was a bit younger <laughs> at that point, but um, we won't hold that against him. But uh, he's asked uh, just uh, maybe do some comparisons between lists. Um, for example, West Coast list in three years' time versus maybe Brisbane's back in the early 2000s. Uh, let's start with what West Coast list now Brisbane in three years. Brisbane, well, well, who would be the better team? Brisbane. Uh, so who, who do you think? Who do you think? Nah, do we I, take I, the I triple think... premierships? <laughs> this is a stitch up because Lockie, <laughs> Lockie is a massive Brisbane Lions fan. So this is just a stitch up for him to say that Brisbane is the almighty. I think more the comparison would be, you know, do you take the Hawthorne of recent years over Brisbane in the early years? I, I probably nudge towards Brisbane. Um, but Certainly enjoyed time, watching I, Brisbane more. Yeah, but in three years' time, once we've got our third premiership in a row, then uh, we might we might be able to have that 
conversation. But I, but I actually, I actually think I've probably read his message wrong. And he's suggesting whose list would be best, best, better in three years' time, West Coast or Brisbane? Oh, okay, that's well, that's really changed. That is a very different question. Don't know how I we got two thousands in there. <laughs> I probably manipulated that a little bit. Sorry, Lockie. Oh, that's actually that's a that's a good question because I I think West Coast. Um, I don't think they're going to fall away. Uh, look, I still think we'll be in finals contention in three years' time. However, they've got a younger list, so you'd think that they're going to start to make some pushes for top fours and top twos and premierships over the next couple of years. You would think if so. We can, if we can hold on to um, our big guys, maybe you know. Um, Waterman and Oscar Nelson become the new JK and Darlings, then we might be all right. Who knows? Well, uh, that's good. Let's move on. Um, we've also got a, another message, um, a DM from um, long-time listener, <laughs> Timmy G. And uh, he's, um, he's asked the Never question. <laughs> uh, he's a, I know he's a Bulls fan. Uh, Boylan, there's uh, talk of re- retaining him as the head coach. Is this a good move for Chicago Bulls? moving forward i'm out if boylan stays that's it i'm done oh yeah because you're a big bulls fan horse oh i cannot handle another season of him uh pretending like his uh college coaching regime is going to work oh i don't like he's treating he treats the squad like they're 15 years old hey hey hang on there horse uh since we've actually recorded this the Bulls have fired Boylan, so celebrations. Basically, if the players don't respect him, don't trust him, they're not going to buy in on any game plan that he produces. We're not going to have any success. So it's supposed to be the start of a new era, new front office, get rid of Boylan as well. It's that simple. Now, uh, I also know that we received an email this last fortnight 40, and I'll, I'll read this one out, actually. It's probably better that I do this one than you. Yeah, um, great. Because it's a little close to home for you, but it was great to receive an email uh, from one of our avid listeners that you probably know. Oh, yeah. the best out of all of us. Okay, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing who this is. Yes. So uh, it's just simply said this: I concur with Maddie. Forty definitely won the crosscode combat round with his oh. succinct argument. Too bad oh, he stuffed up the end bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's not talk about that. We uh, both had a little slip, but uh, mine was a little bit bigger than what Friendy's was, but I, I still had a much stronger case. Thank hey, you, look. horse. For those who missed it, Forty described how he could imagine Billy Slater running down the wing, touching himself. That made my last fortnight. I, uh, I just go back and listen <laughs> to that anytime I'm feeling a little down. Uh, so yeah, at our class, Friendy's rambling. Keep up the good work, lads. Mugsy, aka Rexy, Rex Ford. Oh, Rexy, Mugsy. Hey. Oh, yeah. oh. Hold up, hold up, hold I, up. Hey, this is. Any, I couldn't agree with him anymore. Thank you very much. Who Pat. signs off with a nickname and then aka with a nickname? You can't <laughs> trust them. You can't trust them. Uh, everyone loves Mugsy. Including yourself, Randy. <laughs> oh, I do love my your mugs, your little, your big mugsy. Look, I do, I do have to admit, uh, when I replied as well, I, uh, I gave him uh, thanks, Matt, aka a common man. Oh yes, oh, yes. or aka horse, <laughs> aka horse. It could have been aka Maddie. Yep. Yeah. 
So no, great, uh, great. So please keep those emails coming through, those uh, direct messages and stuff. We do love to hear from you. We now have a segment called From the Socials, so we need to get some feedback. We need to fill this out, don't we? Well, would you believe it, guys? We are at the end of another podcast. It's incredible to think. Time flies wow. when you're chatting sports. Of course, uh, as usual, I want to remind everyone to hit up our email podcast for the common man at gmail.com mugsy aka rexy's done it it's there it can be done so please could be be a quick dm too it could be of course our instagram what what's our instagram 40 at the common man dot podcast that's it don't forget the dot the dot podcast friendy have you got a final thought before we go i do have a last thought horse Yep. I want to know where these hats are. Where's the merch? <laughs> where are we at, horse? <laughs> well, well, it's funny you ask. Look, I'll admit I put out the feelers to four or five hat companies. Yes. And no one got back to me. One guy got back to me once and then didn't reply after that. Maybe they've all gone out of business. It's, so if anyone's listening and knows where we can get some hats <laughs> made up, we would really appreciate it. Well, maybe that, maybe all the well, hat we're happy are... happy to get a. Well, maybe they're making masks. Happy to get You're a right mask as well. So maybe we need to get a common man. They're probably mask, busy they? doing that. We could get a mask. We get a budgie, budgie <laughs> smuggler. We could get a common <laughs> man, mustache. <laughs> Let's just branch out. Know what I'm saying? Horse <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next time. Let it go. I'm going to be on The Voice, surely, next year, 2021. Stay tuned.